This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by John Rogers, CIO of Cambridge Health Services. John, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Good morning. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about, but before we dive into our discussion, could you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Uh, sure. So the, the usual sort of who are you, how'd you get here kind of thing. Um, I've always been in IT. Uh, I started out with plans for a career in law, uh, but found I was more attracted to information technology. Uh, I always wanted to understand how things worked or didn't work uh, and drove my parents nuts when I was always taking things apart. I uh, liked solving puzzles and problems, and IT was just a better fit for me. Uh, I spent a lot of my early career living overseas because I had a oh, particular set of skills that were somewhat uncommon and in demand, and then um, came back to the United States and ended up in healthcare, uh, first in pharma, uh, then moving into medical devices uh, before spending a lot of time in hospital and ambulatory care. And now I'm in uh, post-acute care and skilled nursing. Got it. That's really interesting. So when you think about the spectrum of healthcare delivery and what you've worked in, whether it's, you know, the ambulatory side or now in the post-acute long-term care what are some of the, the differences um, that you've encountered or are they pretty similar in terms of, you know, the, what you need to think through on the IT side? Uh, there, well, I, in some respects, IT is still uh, providing technology and capabilities to the business side. So when you think of finance and HR and, and uh, those type of systems, they're fairly common no matter where you go, I suppose, even in, in other industries. Um, but within the healthcare side of things, I think uh, the big differences are in, in pharma and medical device, you're, you're trying to get a product uh, of some sort approved and, and into the market. And so there's a lot of focus on uh, the, the testing, the preparation, the production uh, of those things uh, in trying to move them into the market. Hospital and ambulatory is, you know, it, it, it's the big uh, industry. Well, I, I'm not a big industry, I suppose, but it's, it's the big thing that most people think of when you think of healthcare. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the hospital or I'm going to my local clinic, and that's where most of your contact, uh, at least as, as far as what people generally think of uh, as being healthcare. And the post-acute skilled nursing, you know, sort of the, one of those areas that's um, different in some ways. You're still uh, you're still trying to treat a condition of some sort, but uh, it's longer-term care uh, in many ways, and it's one of those things that I think most people think of it as, oh, you're going into a rest home or you know a, a long-term care facility, uh, and it's your end of life. But it's not always that. I mean, we have a lot of um, uh, short-term residents who are coming in after um, knee replacement or hip replacement uh, type thing where you need additional care, but you're not uh, in such a condition that you need hospital care uh, and they need those beds for other things. So it's uh, it's different in the type of um, technology that's applied to it. 
I would also say it's a um, it's not as well funded as perhaps uh, all of those other industries being uh, pharma, medical advice, hospital, ambulatory. Uh, Post-acute um, is predominantly funded uh, with less. Uh, and so we uh, are pushed to be a little bit more clever about what we can do. Uh, we can't just go out and buy the lightest uh, shiny tool or technology uh, and have to make a lot of uh, choices to ensure that we're really pushing most of the money into the care as opposed to uh, technologies or uh, uh, other things. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you, John, so much for going through that with us. Now, when you think about healthcare today, what are some of the most interesting trends that you're following right now? Uh, I don't know if they're always interesting trends, but I, you know, it's certainly things that are on top of at least my mind. Um, you know, first off, uh, I, in no particular order, but uh, behavioral health. Uh, I think it's getting a lot of attention um, and has been getting a lot of attention over the last couple of years, uh, but still not a lot of solutions. Um, you know, obviously the pandemic has taken center stage, uh, but I think it, it has also exacerbated uh, some of the issues behind this. You know, our, our behaviors have certainly changed in the last 18 months. Uh, working from home, Staying within your local compound, uh, convenience foods, reduced social contact, and then the just constant barrage of bad news have all uh, increased the impact, I think, of substance and food disorders and behavioral addictions. It's, it has, you know, if you think of anything that's really drastically changed your behavior, you know, you personally, um, it's, it's what we've been living through over the last 18 months. And uh, for people who already had issues or perhaps were borderline on having behavioral uh, health issues, I really think that this has either made it worse or increased the prevalence. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point. And, you know, having some of those issues be more widespread and now talked about more readily have you seen, um, you know, any solutions that you're excited about or anything on the IT side that really um, is helpful for people who might be seeking additional support during this time? Um, I don't, you know, I, it, it, sadly, even though I'm in uh, IT, I, I don't think that we always solve the problems. And I wish that we did have a technical solution for this, but it's a behavioral thing, you know, and, and it's not something that you can, um, it, it's not something that's necessarily treatable. It's not like a mental illness, right? This is a behavioral thing where it's, it's a choice um, that individuals are making. I think that one area that technology has perhaps helped somewhat is in the areas of um, uh, predictive analysis. So you know, there's a lot of data, right? There's tons of data available. Um, certainly in past companies, you know, we had data going back over decades that was available to us. And, and when you take that uh, and really start trying to understand that and understand what it's telling you, I think that it can help to predict uh, some of these behaviors, or maybe not say that someone will uh, have a behavioral problem, but they might be more likely to. You know, you have 
this situation, this um, uh, particular, you know, you live in this particular geography, you have these particular habits, uh, you have these particular relations, you're, let's say you're a, a single person whose spouse died over the last several years, uh, you know, you may be more likely uh, to have certain behavioral uh, conditions or behavioral health problems. Uh, and I think technology in that way can help to perhaps identify it, but I don't really see that we're solving it uh, necessarily. Got it. That makes sense. Are there any other trends or issues and topics that really come front of mind when you're thinking about healthcare and in, in some of the big uh, pivots you're going to have to make over the next year or so? Um, certainly, uh, chronic conditions, you know, I, I talk about being in the post acute care world now. And I think, you know, we were all conditioned to believe that when we get sick, we get treatment and we get better. Um, and, and now we're seeing more that we have these, these illnesses that just go on and on. Uh, they're frustrating for the patient. Uh, they wear on the mind. So, you know, back to behavioral health again. Uh, and they, they wear on the system. If you think of the, the healthcare system, um, we, we see a lot of this in the post-acute care where someone had an event and the hospital system does its best, but it basically moves them out when they can't fix the problem. So they end up in skilled nursing uh, with these conditions that just continue. Uh, and as we, we live longer, we've improved our ability to prevent death uh, we find that things that once could overtake life uh, can now be managed, but but they never end, uh, and they require this constant care. And, and as our our population ages and we all live longer, uh, we find that these these chronic conditions become more and more of an issue for us. Uh, and I think what we're starting to see is a little bit more uh, recognition of that and that uh, we need to find ways to not just fix the problem, but to manage uh, an ongoing issue. That's so interesting to think about. And of course, as you mentioned, as time goes on, it just seems like there'll be more and more of these types of challenges um, cropping up for people and healthcare providers. So that's, that's a really interesting problem to troubleshoot. Now- Agreed. I think, Absolutely. and so, you know, so leading to, you know, the third one, then I think these, these kind of combine and it comes down to a staff shortage, right? I mean, there is a, there is a worldwide problem with the amount of healthcare workers, um, clinicians, doctors, nurses, they're all in short supply and it's just not getting any better. Uh, and you have these, um, you know, these, these issues that we're trying to deal with, with behavioral health, with chronic conditions, uh, and, there's just not enough uh, uh, healthcare workers, skilled workers to go around. Um, you know, the pandemic has created, you know, just an unbearable load for everyone, um, extreme levels of stress. And again, unfortunately, technology doesn't seem to have really helped in this. You know, the products, the systems we've made available don't really always seem to make things faster or easier. You know, we, um, too often we're, we're distracted by the, the latest shiny application and we think adding it to the, to the quiver uh, will make things better. And, you know, it doesn't always do that. I, I'm in IT. I like technology, but I don't think we're always solving the problem. Um, and I think if we, 
we focus our attention and our energy, our minds, on making the job easier, less stressful, and more productive, that will hopefully reduce the load while we can encourage more people uh, to enter the field. That's a really great point and is so important, I know, for many healthcare institutions, as you said, facing staffing challenges and in, in trying to continue to provide top-level care for their communities. So that, that's a really great point. Now, I'm also wondering for your role as CIO, you know, I know you're um, have, are just beginning at Cambridge Healthcare Services, but thinking about the CIO role, how has it evolved um, over time and, you know, where do you expect it to head in the future? Um, I think, you know, beginning uh, or years ago, we were we were the technologists, right? We were the top technology guy. We were the the propeller head in the suite, uh, the C-suite that um, was in charge of uh, the technical and, and side of the house. Anything with a chip in it, I think, is what I heard described at one time. But we're we're all working to become better business partners, um, and we I think we recognize that yes, technology is a great thing, um, but it's really meant to help uh, and to uh, either make things better or help uh, make things less bad, solve problems, and we want to be good uh, business partners to really apply that technology uh, to making the business work better or to uh, solving the problems that are facing the business. And, you know, for healthcare IT, you know, in the last, well, um, certainly over the last couple of years, you know, initially it was, oh my gosh, everybody's moving uh, to working from home. Um, so we've, we've got to shift and adapt and, and adjust to that. And then it was, well, but nobody's coming in for care anymore. So we've really got to ramp up our, our telehealth capabilities. And thankfully, you know, Medicare decided to start paying for that, which was just a, a huge game changer um, with the idea that we could now actually be paid for telehealth. That suddenly became not just a, um, a feature, uh, but something we could really put energy into. And, I think that um, CIOs, certainly in healthcare, um, you know, initially we were trying to solve these these latest problems that were facing us, but now we're really trying to help the business um, move and grow uh, coming out of the the pandemic. That's really interesting to think about. Just having that um, evolving role in terms of being on the business side of things and understanding you know, how to support the organization moving forward and, and making sure that everything's in place there. That's, that's really interesting. Um, now, I'm wondering, how are you thinking about growth for Cambridge Healthcare Services going forward? What really do you see from your teams as, you know, different skills or different roles potentially that you want to bring on? And um, where where is that really headed? Um, I think it's, uh, you know, perhaps in some ways it started with the, the CIOs becoming more business focused and, and trying to be not just solving the technical problem of, you know, why is this application broken, but now really trying to solve business problems. And it's moving our our staff uh, into that same mindset of it's not just, um, you know, repairing a, or, you know, uh, a, a router that's uh, that's busted uh, or a server that's uh, that's died. 
but really, you know, how can we try to help um, the business itself uh, apply technology, use technology, and not get in their way uh, as much, but really try to help further them. And it's not just about fixing the technical problems, but really fixing the business problems. And I think as we move our staff into that same mindset, it really will improve things overall. I mean, um, the technology is getting better. It's definitely more stable than when I first started out. Uh, And I think it's, uh, as I said, I think it's less about fixing the hardware or fixing the the software and really uh, looking at how can it help the business and how can it um, help solve the business problems and not get in the way. John, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you.